0: Chicago! Woo! Three titles in six years. Yes, it is worth cheering for. Brinkett got to the Alex Brinkett! Oh! Leonard! Welcome back to another episode of Musings on Madison here on the Second City Hockey Podcast Network. Dave Melton, your host again this evening, coming to you at a very, very strange time is strange is probably not an accurate enough word for it, but um, we're here to talk about some things, talk about maybe some hockey things, some other things, because obviously hockey isn't much going on right now. So we're just going to talk about whatever comes up over the course of the next 30 to 40 minutes or so. And with me is one of the usual suspects whose voice you usually heard on this airwaves Coming to you from a fog filled area in parts unknown of southern Illinois, it is Shepard Price. Hi, I don't know where I am right now. (laughs) That sounds less than good. I'm like pulled up
1: at a McDonald's. I just got dinner. It's like the first time I've had McDonald's in years because I'm just afraid of going anywhere else uh, at the moment. So just sitting here um, with a vanilla shake in hand.
0: How, like, is the sun down completely for you? Well, it's 8, like, it's almost 8.30, so I imagine it is by now, right? It,
1: it is, sun is down, it is dark, and there's fog. I am on the <laughs> set of a Stephen King movie.
0: The Mist. Did you ever, did you read the book?
1: I, I just watched the movie. I did not see the book.
0: Okay. The, the book is pretty good, too, and it was obviously slightly different than the movie. The book, I felt like, was even more creepy because it went into really big detail about, like, when all the people start losing their minds. In the when they're all cooped up in the grocery store for a day or two, and, and the ending of the movie was never. I hope if you have seen it, you know what I'm talking about, and we don't need to go into it any further. If you're unfamiliar with it, it's just awful. So that that's all I'm going to say about it.
1: And the book's ending is I I know about the book's ending, and that book is, that the book ending is better.
0: I agree. The book ending is a lot better, and I won't I won't spoil it because. I imagine somebody listening to this might have a lot of time on their hands and might decide to go read the book. It's very good. Highly, highly recommend.
1: Actually, you might have – it depends on how much time we have in in, uh, in this social distancing situation, but you might have all, all the time in the world to read all of Stephen King.
0: It took me like six years to get through all the dark power books that he wrote, and there's seven of those. I mean, granted, it was – anybody that actually sits down and does it, it probably would take you significantly less time, but uh, – I mean, you can read The Stand. That's like seventeen hundred pages. That's a good week or two right now. So, yeah, there you go.
1: And like, and, and you have and you have time. You don't have any. Some people, some people don't have anything else to do right now. So
0: that's true. Yeah, there's
1: seventeen hundred words. Might be like a few days.
0: Free time. I read that book in about a week and a half, and most of that time was while on a family vacation in Minnesota, where there's nothing to do but fish or eat. And I was like fourteen, so I couldn't drink at the time. So it was. Eat, fish, or read a book. And I read most of The Stand in that week. So there, so there you go.
1: Yeah, there we go. I would also highly recommend reading The uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy series, which is my favorite book series, brought by uh, Douglas Adams. Okay. Uh, that, is, I, that should take up a good amount of time.
0: I'm, I'm also big into the, I might go back into it, the Red Rising trilogy, which I don't know if you're familiar with this. Kind of in a similar, oh, I couldn't say similar, Stephen King, Bang, but it's like in a dystopic future world. And actually, I think they've added a fourth book now that I'm supposed to, I need to reread the first three so I can get back to the fourth one, but that's a really good trilogy on quad I don't know. What do you call it when there's four? Series. Yeah, there you go. The Red Rising series. Read those. Those are good too. We're already doing book suggestions in the first few minutes, which, yeah. te- which is pretty much a good way to summarize the way things are going in the hockey world right now. Um, obviously addressing the elephant in the room of the coronavirus pandemic that is affecting everybody right now. I don't, I don't think there's anyone that could possibly claim that they haven't been somehow had their daily lives altered by what is happening in the world. We wanted to mention it briefly, and then we're going to move away and talk about some other things, because I don't know about you, Shepard, but it's not that I'm getting sick of hearing about it, but it's just sometimes it's, just, it's, it's goddamn everywhere, and sometimes I just need to hear about something else other than that. And, and also, it's, ta-
1: it's, it's also taking away our favorite things. So, It, like, it is taking
0: it. away a lot of our favorite things. And, uh, and really quickly, I wanted to touch on some of the news that broke today that the, all of the, uh, the junior leagues in Canada have canceled the rest of their regular season, the WHL, the OHL, and the QMJHL. Their regular seasons are done, and I don't think, I think they're also – the playoffs, the- I don't – I'm guessing that it means the playoffs aren't going to happen either, right?
1: I believe so. And also the USHL did the same thing. And uh, I know, I know the, I know ESPN mentioned that like uh, the USHL was looking to mimic the NHL. So that could be a a sign of things to come.
0: Yeah. And then the USHL or excuse me, the AHL is in a similar state as the NHL to where their seasons are postponed. And there's been no update about when they're going to resume play or if they're going to resume play, what the playoff situation looks like. Haven't been any updates in that regard yet. Uh, and I think that takes care of most of the ho- – the ECHL canceled their se- the rest of their season. And, and- so did the
1: SPHL. And so did
0: the SPHL. And do we have any other hockey leagues to reference?
1: Uh, the SHL was already done. Uh, the KHL is being asked by a few teams now to suspend playoffs. Um, but they continue to go ahead. If you want to watch hockey, watch the KHL is, I think, the news right now.
0: Yeah, that's about all you got. And I don't even know how to watch the KHL.
1: If you, uh, if you know how to watch the KHL, get at, get at us on the Twitters.
0: <laughs> yeah, please do. Yeah, because I, 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 I might – just to see some live hockey, I wouldn't be uh, totally opposed to it. And then in terms of uh, NHL news, uh, about the only thing that we can offer up is that the NHL most recently – the most recent update we have is that the NHL was telling its players that wanted to return to their home countries that they were allowed to do so if they wanted to go back and spend time with their families. So that is a thing that's happened with the NHL. And is there anything else you can think of as a recent NHL update?
1: Draft probably being suspended, I guess.
0: Do, do they actually, con- Did they confirm that they? I, I, th- I think people are just guessing at it right now. Okay. That well, it's just
1: going to be delayed. It's just going to be delayed, but every other, that, every other draft is being yeah, delayed, and, I think.
0: And ne- neither you nor I have any sort of medical background, so we're not even going to pretend to make any sort of estimates about what could or might happen. But in terms of just a kind of a timeline to kind of figure out where things are going, because one thing that Bill Daly, who's the NHL vice president, he's got a high ranking position. I don't.
1: He's, he. I think he's, he's, the, he's basically the next commissioner, in all honesty.
0: Okay, there you go. That's a good way to summarize him. But I believe he had a comment today uh, saying that. One thing that they did not want to jeopardize is the the next season, the 2021 season. So with that in mind, if you look at some of the other abbreviated seasons that they've had in the past, I'm I'm mainly, the main season I'm going back to is the 2013 lockout season when the Blackhawks won the cup. Such a fun season. We all had great time during that. But I remember that was because of the way the schedule worked out, what they didn't start till actual 2013 calendar year and then they played the condensed 48-game schedule, the playoffs. The Blackhawks won the Cup on June 24th, which is very late in the, uh, late in the month of June, comparatively speaking, because when they won the Cup in 2015, they got that one on June 15th. So maybe not as right. late as I thought. But still, uh, I late. mean, if you start getting too much – if you start getting into July – that's when you're starting to affect the schedule with the draft and free agency. And that's when you might start bumping up against that 20, 20, the 2020, 2021 NHL season. It's really hard to say, but when, this is when you might start bumping up against the next NHL season, which they've been telling us that they don't want to do. So if you're looking for any sort of indication about timelines and, and when decisions might get made about postponement and all that, I think that's something to keep in mind is that they're trying not to affect the next season the end of this season so if this thing starts carrying on into April and getting into May that's when I think some some timelines uh, that's when the concern will get raised to a higher notch that we may not be getting any more hockey the rest of the season which with the way the things have gone for the Blackhawks I think we'd all rather see a Blackhawks game no matter whether or not it had playoff ramifications or not but I imagine anybody that's a fan of the Tampa Bay Lightning is significantly more Worried because of how good that team has been and the way they were looking like cup contenders. So,
1: yeah, and and anybody who's a fan of the Vegas Golden Knights is relieved because both Maxi already and Mark Stone will have time to recover.
0: I feel slightly guilty about this. I picked up Vladimir Tarasenko in my fantasy hockey league, just in the hope in the potential that they resume in like May, and he's healthy to play for like a two week regular season, and then he puts me over the top for a fantasy hockey championship that I otherwise will definitely not win. So. There's no oh reason to
1: feel there's no reason to feel guilty, but that. that's a smart that's a smart play.
0: Yeah, well, I had to make up for the fact that I let Morgan Riley go, and he came back, and I lost the bid for him. So you know, had to had to get my production somewhere. We were talking about some things before the show, and I wanted to get a quick idea out there. Have you thought of any playoff scenarios? About uh, just any things that might be off the wall, like if there was ever a time for the NHL and, and the NBA to do something kind of off the cuff and interesting just to kind of, you know, give when the, when fingers crossed the games come back, there's every time to do something goofy, this would be the time, either a full 31 team tournament or uh, there's like, I saw somebody mention something about 24 teams with like three game series. Have you had any thoughts about some weird playoff scenarios that they might come up with just to, to give us hockey when it comes back?
1: I like the idea of the 24 – so first things first, I don't think we're getting into any more regular season games. I think we've played the rest of – the last of it. Um, I, if, if that's the case, I think the Blackhawks ended on a really high note. Um, I believe that that game where Patrick Kane probably had his best game of the season um, and Alex Debrinkat had two goals. I think that was uh, – or three – He was either two goals or three assists. I think that was our last game of the season. That many hit 30 goals. I think that's a fantastic end to the season.
0: Um, yeah, but, there is that.
1: But uh, in terms of playoffs, I like the idea of, 24 game, of a 24-set tournament. I think it would be, probably be one game for the first series, so those first eight teams for, what would it be, 16 teams playing for eight spots? Yeah,
0: I think something that'd probably like be a, that.
1: Yeah, that'd probably be a one-game uh, play-in. Um, and then I think it's going to be shortened playoffs no matter what. So probably uh, sets of either five or three until the Stanley Cup final, and then it's going to be a seven-game Stanley Cup final because you can't do you can't shorten the Stanley Cup final.
0: No, yeah, you know, no. I think yeah, you you can shorten the other runs, but you got to do seven for the cup just because that's it's the cup. like, yeah. like you,
1: you can't you can't win the cup, cup in five. Yeah, you can't win, you can't win the cup in
0: five games. This is not the eighteen hundreds. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we'll. We'll keep you updated. Uh, if any news does break at sec- uh, with the NHL, check out SecondCityHockey.com. We will either – one of the two of us or Brandon Kane We yep. might jump in at some point. I know he had some other things going on this evening. He might make an appearance. But uh, somebody will have an update if there's anything to be updated. But in the meantime, Shepard, you're on the road. You're on your way back from school, right? You were driving from Texas all the way to – the Chicagoland area is that. What I was.
1: I I took a spring break. Uh, finally, for the first time in my academic career, in a, a somewhere so, somewhere tropical. Uh, that somewhere tropical was New Orleans, which shut down on the second day of my vacation. So I'm driving straight up from New Orleans to Illinois, all the way in, in one drive.
0: Oh my god, that sounds awful. I'm, it's actually a shorter distance
1: than it, than it would be from Austin, Texas.
0: If you just, I, I guess Austin's further west.
1: Austin, Austin is further west, which makes it like a triangle. Um, New ah, Orleans okay. is like a New Orleans is like a straight up drive.
0: Okay, so how long if you just drove straight from New Orleans to we'll just call it Chicago, without stopping, how long would that take? Thirteen and a
1: half hours.
0: That's not so bad. No. But but you're currently lost because of the fog of Southern Illinois. Yes, uh, currently just like stuck somewhere.
1: Um, I have Google Maps. My phone is plenty charged, and it stays charged throughout the drive because um, I just keep plugged in. So I, I am not going to get lost. Nobody worry about me. It'll just, <laughs> I'll just, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just get late, get back later than anticipated.
0: Oh, that's okay. Well, we, we hope you will be safe. Um, and, and just so everyone knows, he's not talking and driving. He's like you said, you sitting in a McDonald's parking lot or inside a McDonald's, yep. McDonald's or something.
1: I am sitting. Uh, I think all restaurants in Illinois now have been banned from anything that take away. Yep. So uh, I'm sitting in the parking lot, uh, talking to you, because um, that's where it's safest.
0: <laughs> yeah. So what's what's been like? I mean, you were down on a college campus in Austin, and what was yeah. it like as the as the news started coming out and then things started getting closed down? Like, how quickly did your campus shut down? So
1: as soon as so the president's the president of the University of Texas's wife was I think the first official case of coronavirus in the city. Uh, Austin was one of the last major cities to get coronavirus. Um, I don't know how. Uh, I think it's probably just testing or something like that. But Austin was one of the last major cities to get it. Um, as soon as that news broke. University done. University is closed down. Uh, we had already been given an extra week of spring break, which is why I'm heading back up to Illinois. After that, we're moving online. I am a TA at the University of Texas right now. Um, I will be teaching online classes the rest of the semester.
0: Okay. Well, yeah. and, and and since you're coming back to the area, I, I think you saw you probably saw the update that we, uh, Brandon Kane posted on SecondCityAggie.com, but. You'll have some games to watch when you come back home. They won't be live games, but NBC Sports Chicago is re-airing 16 games from the Blackhawks, excuse me, all 16 victories from the 2010 Stanley Cup run. It started last night, which would be Tuesday night, because we were recording this Wednesday evening. It was uh, the opening game against the – excuse me, game two against the Nashville Predators because they lost game one of that series. And I sat and watched a good 30 to 45 minutes of it before I had to leave. And I was way more into it than I ever thought I would have been because I have—I don't know how much you ever got into torrenting, uh, Shepard—but I have just about every Blackhawks victory that uh, every Blackhawks playoff victory from the last decade on an external hard drive because of a few torrent websites that are no longer in existence because I think they got shut down. But and I would go back every now and then. I would like put one of these games on and kind of like watch it off to the side and never really got that interested in, in it. It would just be more like a uh, background noise or distractions while I was doing something else. I was enthralled by every second of this game last night. And I think it's kind of a combination of uh, just not having any sports at all to watch right now and being able to compare what the Blackhawks have looked like the last few seasons with one of the best teams in the franchise's history. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, do you, what, I imagine now that you're coming back to the Chicagoland area and you'll have access. Are you going to be watching some of these games too?
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, I, besides when like, besides doing productive things during the day, I will have nothing to do. Um, <laughs> as, as, as anybody else. Um, and I am addicted to sports. Uh, it is why I chose this profession. So, uh, I, I, if, if there's no sports on TV besides NASCAR, uh, which is what it appears to be the only thing left, um, But, yeah, of course I'm going to put on uh, whatever hockey game I can get.
0: And and simultaneously with the Blackhawks games, they're also doing all the Bulls' victories from the 1996, I think, uh, their run to the NBA final, which is with the Jordan-era Bulls, which I think I'm almost more intrigued to watch them just because, uh, let's see, that was in 1996. So how old were you then, Shepard? I was one year old. God damn it, that makes me feel. Old. I was only nine, but I vividly remember watching Game Four of the Bulls and Heat series because I remember telling my uncle, "Don't lock the broom in the closet just yet, because the Bulls are making a comeback." And then they ended up losing Game Four, and I'm guessing they also lost Game Five because it says here they're only airing Games One, Two, and uh, One, Two, and Three from the Heat series. So maybe I'm wrong about that. I know, but I remember I remember telling my uncle don't lock the broom in the closet because I thought the Bulls were still going to finish off the sweep of the heat, but maybe that was during game three. I don't know. My Bulls memory is very fuzzy, but being able to watch the Jordan era Bulls on TV in not quite high definition, but pretty as good qualities you're going to find anywhere else. I'm just as excited about that. Like that's even more like watching the best basketball player of all time who was in Chicago for a while and kind of reliving that era. Um, and yeah. So are you going to watch the Bulls game too? I guess I should ask. I, I, I am not yet a
1: Bulls fan. I say not yet because I have followed one basketball player in my career, in my uh, basketball fan career. And his name is Russell Westbrook and he has never played for the Chicago Bulls.
0: Okay. Fair enough.
1: It but was, I will, but when he retires, I will become a Bulls fan.
0: <laughs> and you're obviously with me being slightly older than you. It's like, I can tell you that back in that time, like you couldn't not be a Bulls fan. Even if it was just on a casual level, kind of like the way it was with the Blackhawks the last decade, is the Bulls were so good they had the best player in the world. Michael Jordan was in every commercial. You just had to be a Bulls fan. I mean, they played in the same city. You're you're, you're right here. You might as well get along with the the party that everyone else is having, right? Right.
1: And 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 uh, as someone who grew up uh, without Michael Jordan, he he left the Bulls when I was three years old. Uh, like the my Bulls experience is like the best the best thing that ever happened to the Bulls in my in my tenure in life is the Derrick Rose MVP in like two thousand eleven.
0: Yeah, yeah, you missed out. Jordan era is pretty great. I, I vividly remember going to one Bulls game. My dad got tickets to one Bulls game in the Jordan era that I was allowed to go to. So I think there was a few others that they got tickets to and other people went, I got to go during Jordan's last season in Chicago and they lost to the fricking Indiana Pacers. And I've never let Reggie Miller, I've never forgiven him for that. And I still kind of hate the Pacers to this day just because of one game. It's kind of fun how one game can do all that for you.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's the, it's also the Indiana Pacers. They're, they're as close to a rival uh, in state rival, as the Bulls will get.
0: Yeah. They're, they're, they're a pretty hateable team
1: speaking of uh the bulls and therefore especially in their recent uh stretch uh empty arenas i heard you went to uh the last high school event probably this this year this I, academic I, year
0: yeah i i well first off yes i, I think it just might be the last acad- ac- ah, sporting event this academic year thank you easy for me to say but yeah i was at on Saturday, some people might know I write for a local paper here in Northwest Indiana, and we have a very good concentration of high school gymnastics teams. I was down at the campus of Ball State, uh, where they host the gymnastics state finals, and it was it was kind of you know this happened last Saturday, and in the days leading up to the meet is when everything started getting canceled with the NBA, the NHL, and it it, it uh, filtered down to high school levels. Like, um, I know Illinois. Is postponed their boys basketball state tournament i don't know about illinois but i know in indiana the girls are done already but the guys were in would would be the equivalent of the quarterfinal round the regionals it was still regionals they still had semi-state and state to go and they're still postponed still waiting to see what's going to happen with that um so while everything was getting canceled they announced this uh, this gymnastics meet is going to happen but no fans were going to be allowed and they usually get, I mean, you get down to state, there's usually three, four, maybe 500 people there. So it's not, you know, they, they're not going to fill the arena, but it's it's a noticeable volume level when you have that many people inside a small confined basketball stadium, which it's at Worthen Arena, which is their basketball, volleyball, and gymnastic stadium. And the best word that I have for it, it was just kind of eerie. Because like during the competition, it's not so bad because like when they're doing their floor routines they have music playing and you know the gymnasts are all cheering for each other but every now and then there would just be like a break in the action and it would just be dead quiet it sounded like a library and it's not supposed to sound like that especially at a state competition so it was just yeah. it was so bizarre and it are just really weird looking around and not seeing any seats in the crowd and uh like I remember I was talking to you know one of the gymnasts I who would she qualified there for the first time and she was I will not say she was tearing up, but you could tell she was kind of saddened by the fact that this is the first time she'd made it to this meet. She was a senior and her mother wasn't there to watch. And so it just, it kind of breaks your heart that that's, this is their only chance at it. And these kids aren't pro athletes, the majority of those girls weren't going to be competing. You know, high school gymnasts usually don't go on to college gymnastics. That's more of a club thing. So like, this is their last competition and their own families couldn't even watch. Like now there was a web stream and there were, parents were gathered at hotels or a, a local bar or like uh, some people's houses, like there were watch parties. So they were able to at least see it, but to not physically be there. Like I, I couldn't imagine being that athlete or being that parent.
1: That's gotta be just, it's like, I know some, some events were being planned with essential uh, family members in attendance, but like to not have anybody there besides your teammates to support you.
0: Yeah, I mean, it be. was, it was, it was still like it was kind of touching. Like the 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 way gymnastics work, it's much different than a lot of other sports. Like they, it's a very tight knit community, and they all kind of cheer for each other. And they were doing it even more so at this meet. But and I, I think they were, it was intentional. Like all the teams were all cheering for each other. Like I I took a picture and put it on Twitter. There was one girl from a small school. In, it's called South Central, very tiny, one A school, probably only a couple hundred students altogether with that. She was doing her beam routine. And there was a line of like 20 gymnasts arm in arm watching her perform and cheering her every move. And I, it was a really cool moment. And it, I got, took a picture of it because you see she's on the beam. There's these 15, 20 girls watching her and there's no one in the crowd. And like that will yeah. be that will from a sports perspective, that will be the last image for me from all of this. Uh, from all this coronavirus stuff that's going on is the picture of like that empty gym. I think that'll be the the lasting memory for me for now i mean maybe things will change and we'll see what happens welcome back to musings on madison dave Melton and Shepard price here still talking about well just whatever comes to mind and uh because this is a hockey podcast you know we we took some tangents with gymnastics and i think we'll come back to a football one in a second here because you know there's there's a local football team that did some things today that we haven't mentioned yet but i and they did some stuff yesterday too since we are a hockey podcast let's get back to that sport. And I imagine the two biggest things that people are going to be doing, well, two of the biggest things people will be doing now, probably reading books and watching movies. And so in that vein, uh, Shepard, do you have any, what's your hockey movie recommendations? Do you have a go-to hockey movie in your, uh, in your Netflix queue right now? It's a list now. It's not a queue.
1: Go, it's, uh, yeah, go I, ahead. Think it, I think it's a, it's a list um, I don't know if this is on Netflix actually But uh, both Miracle um, The usual classic, the usual standard For hockey movies uh, Especially in today, I think Miracle's on Netflix But also Goon The J. Bereshaw movie About uh, enforcers That's basically like the tale of John Scott
0: Okay, and I, I've been told By several people that I should watch Goon And I still haven't done it And I'm it told is, to not watch is, the second one though, Because the second one's stupid
1: I have not I could, seen the second. I have not seen the second one, but uh, okay. this is this would probably be an ideal time to watch the one.
0: Yeah, because it's probably again. It's you know, or if you want to do the Mighty Ducks trilogy, going back to being a '90s kid, the Mighty Ducks, the Mighty Ducks movies are a large part of the reason of how I first got into hockey. Because in my neighbor, very suburban area where I grew up, after those Mighty Ducks movies came out, I think it was after the second one, we had like between fifteen and twenty kids between the ages of like five to fifteen. Everybody went and got hockey gear. We started playing street hockey because of those movies. Well, so, I think that,
1: that achieved the intended effect Disney had, who owned the <laughs> Anaheim Ducks at the time.
0: <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it works well. Um, but we're I think you mentioned this. You said you've never seen Slapshot. I have never seen Slapshot. You oh, you, you should. It's, it's a classic. It's from the 70s, so some of the jokes probably don't hit the same way now that they did back then. But there's still plenty of great lines in it. And there's one that I, I have a buddy, Peter, who's the one that introduced me to this movie. I met him in college, and he talked about this line in this movie that he couldn't wait to say it. And I think it's the first thing he said to me after we graduated. Is he goes, there's a line somewhere where they're introducing, I forget which player, but he goes, he's a college graduate and an American citizen. And it's, it's not the best line, but it's just, it's just totally out of left field. And I can now say, for several years now in Shepard, I think you can say this too because you're a grad student, you're a college graduate and an American citizen. I am. Yes, I think I am. there's probably like 500 lines that are better, but that's the line that I remember because of the college thing. So so there's that. Uh, but yeah, Slapjot's good. Miracle's good. Every time I watch Miracle, I want to go like play hockey. Or, like go. I feel like I need to go get in shape to play the Russians and hockey and the Soviets, I guess. But I I mean, I usually don't. But it just it has that effect for like five or ten minutes. I'm trying to think if there's any other hockey movies – I feel like there should be more hockey movies. There definitely should be. And
1: I've, I've been trying to think of a, t- of a hockey TV series uh, as well. And I just can't think of a hockey TV series.
0: You know, I hope, kind of hope they bring back the, um whatever they called the behind the scenes things that they did with the Hawks for the Winter Classic. Not the 2010 one. The one in 2013 and 2015 were way more interesting than the 2010 ones. Oh, the 24-7. No, it wasn't that. Because there was another one that it was just on, like, flicks or something. I can't. It's it's gonna bother me. It's like it's where the Joe Quinville peanut butter thing came from, and I can't remember the name of it. And I'm sure somebody that's listening to this right now is screaming it in their car or in their office at us. And I apologize that I can't think of the name of it. Hmm. But oh, oh I yeah. just,
1: I I thought of a I thought of a hockey TV series. Go ahead. I think, I think it's I think I think it's an honorable uh, on ah uh, an honorable mention. Uh. Letter Kenny. If you if if a person out there has not seen letter if a person out there has not seen Letter Kenny, now would be the time to not, do that.
0: And I I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to mention it. Letter Kenny's phenomenal. If you haven't started watching it, please do. It, like the show, I compare it to a lot is uh, Trailer Park Boys, which I didn't watch a ton of, but it's a very similar, very offbeat. Weird sense of humor. If that's kind of your thing, you have to watch the show. And if you're a hockey fan, you doubly have to watch the show because there's a million subtle hockey jokes. Like they make a joke about Duncan Keith Ice Time in one of the episodes. So if you're not a hockey fan, you're going to miss some of these jokes. But if you are, you'll laugh three times as hard as your friends who are watching this with you. I love the show. I can't stop watching it. I can't stop talking about it. So do that. Also, uh, it's actually on right now concurrent with the the Bulls game that they're playing tonight, but on NBC Sports Network, not Chicago, the NBC Sports Network, they're playing the Russian Five documentary. I know it's about the Red Wings and we hate the Red Wings, yada, 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 but it's really interesting. There's um, – and I can, now I can't remember the name of it, but there's a Miracle on Ice documentary, but it's told from the perspective of the Soviet team, which is also fascinating because, obviously, with them losing that game, they have a much different thought about that than we do. And I can't remember the name of that one either. That's another good hockey documentary that you can check out Any more, Shepard. I need you to talk while I Google this. So I don't leave the people hanging anywhere. Uh
1: Let's, let's, let's do some book recommendations as a, as, as a grad student in journalism, but especially as someone doing sports journalism, I have a few really good book recommendations about hockey. Uh, if you haven't read Ken Dryden's the game, the like, like foundation of all hockey journalism books. I think that's one to read that's as influential in hockey journalism as I think Jim Booten's ball four is.
0: Thank um, you for mentioning baseball. that book. Cause I've had that book for several years and I've never read it. And I will do that during this time. The movie yeah, I was should. thinking of the Soviet hockey documentary is a ESPN 30 for 30. It's called of miracles and men. There's another one that I'm probably going to watch over the course of this time. It's called red army. It's supposed to be an even better one related to the rise of the Soviet hockey teams in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. It's got a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. So so there you go. Those two yeah. are very good to watch. It's, it's, good, it's good hockey history stuff. If you're into hockey history, highly recommend those two. Now b- back to your book recommendations. Sorry.
1: Uh, the second one is Thin Ice um, about the New York Rangers. I believe it's about – it's like a very Dave Halberstam-esque write, uh, written book. And if you've read Dave Halberstam, you know how good those books are. That uh, he does. He also has one on Jordan. Um, so if you if you haven't read Dave Halberstam's book on Jordan, I think you do, you should do that while we're watching the 1996 Bulls on TV. <laughs> I'm
0: I, I have it on another screen as we're talking right now, and they have Dennis Robin and his rainbow colored hair. And I'm I am i gonna watch so many of these Blackhawks and Bulls games. Oh, and Johnny Red Kerr, who's no longer with us. Like, oh, this this is, I'm warping back to my childhood. I, I don't even have the audio on. I'm just looking at it, and I feel like I'm 12 years old again. I, I'm i going to have to watch all of these games. Uh, Dennis people, Rodman
1: was so was so ahead of his time with that hey with that hair
0: dye. There's a Dennis Rodman documentary out there that just talked about him. You know, it was a 30 for 30. I should assume any good sports documentary is a 30 for 30 because they do a great job. There's a Dennis Rodman one. It's phenomenal, highly recommended. And if they come out with that, the 10 part series on the, on the bulls last season together, I will watch that. I, I won't leave the couch. I will watch all of that in one sitting because I'm sure that's going to be phenomenal.
1: Yeah. That one that I think they're trying to bump up the production of that because they realized it's the perfect time for it. Yeah.
0: Um, and and it's
1: slated for June.
0: While we're on the topic of hoppy h- hockey books, I have two more recommendations for you that are Blackhawks. themed. one of them is, The If These Walls Could Talk series, Chicago Blackhawks done by Mark Lazarus, who still covers their team for the Athletic. There's a ton of great behind-the-scenes stories in that one. And then uh, the Sam Fells book, Madison Street Station. Sam Fells is the former, I don't know if he was the full editor, but he was a significant contributor to Second City Hockey about a decade ago through like 2014-ish. And he wrote a book from his perspective of watching the Hawks be really good, be terrible, and then come back in the last decade, so that's another book uh, worth checking out. I'm trying to think if I have any more hockey books. I'm looking at my one shelf of sport books that makes me feel smart, and uh, I got nothing else hockey-wise. I got "Perseverance" by Mark Trussman. You want to read that one? By Mark Trussman? Mark Trussman. "Perseverance."
1: I mean, he had to perse he had to persevere against his own incompetence in uh, Chicago. <laughs> hey, perfect segue. What do you think about Nick Foles?
0: I'm glad you guys got your quarterback. Um, I don't think he's the best in the division. I, I keep forgetting you're not a Bears fan, and I, I, am so, sorry that I always assume you're a Bears fan. And you're a Lions fan, and it's okay, but
1: yeah, I, I he, on, he, but you, but you still have. Uh, I'm glad you got rid of Mitch Trubisky. Well, um, no, there's they still have Trubisky. I, it, it seems <laughs> like <laughs> it's. I think it's just a matter of time before you don't.
0: No, I, I. I think they're going to go into the season with both of them and they're going to let them play it, play it out. And then one of them will be back next season. And one of them will not be. And I hope to God they draft another quarterback this year so that you have like this year, it's probably between Foles and Trubisky, but you need another guy that can be your long-term answer. Because I feel like Trubisky's not going to pan out at this point. Nick Foles is 31. He could be around for two to three years, but not for a decade. So you need to have another quarterback. And just the way the NFL seems to work these days, you probably need three quarterbacks on your roster. You know, you need your starter, you need your backup, and then you need your project. And they don't yeah. have a project right now, so they need to go get one. They I, do think, I think, I think,
1: I, think you do have a project. I don't think you have a starting quarterback. I think you, I think,
0: I, I, I think your, I think,
1: I think, I think your project is Mitch Trubisky. I think your backup quarterback is Nick Foles, and I don't think you have a starter.
0: Well, I, th- I think yeah. Oh, I think the Trubisky project is about to end pretty soon. I feel like this might be his. Uh, I, I think he's going to be around for the next season because I think him and him and Foles will probably each start games this season. I'm pretty confident that that will happen because that's the way football has worked these days. Um, I mean, when's the last time the Bears had a quarterback start all 16 games? Probably Cutler era. So, like, yeah. But Cutler was always hurt because he'd get 19 concussions because they didn't have anyone who could block for him. Y'all are,
1: y'all, are, y'all are a mess, and that's coming from a Detroit Lions fan.
0: Yeah, the Lions do anything free agency yet?
1: Uh, we got Duron. Hi- we got Duron Harmon from the New York New England Patriots. I, I don't even know who that is. We got a defensive back. We got a really good defensive back. We're happy for you. <laughs> uh, if you, oh, if you if you want a quarterback and you don't want one, want one in this draft, can I recommend watching the next season of the of the Texas Longhorns? Because I believe you'll find your quarterback there.
0: Who's that? Sam Ellinger. Okay, I almost said Major Applewhite, who I think is a coach somewhere right now.
1: No, Sam Ellinger, my my baby boy
0: okay all right well i mean i i saw someone on some bears fan or someone say that the bears should still draft jalen hurts in the second round from alabama this year but
1: not not from here. alabama that man is from oklahoma now and oh yeah uh, that's
0: right that's right sorry
1: therefore therefore should be banned from from chicago <laughs>
0: what is uh what is oklahoma having in chicago
1: Oklahoma has against Texas. I know I'm uh, not a Bears okay, fan. I'm not okay. a Bears fan,
0: but I have to live in Chicago, and I don't want to
1: hear about Jalen Hurts in the next I, I, decade of I, my life.
0: I forgot about the Oklahoma-Texas thing. I, I'm I'm not up to date on my college football rivalry. I apologize.
1: Got to remember the Red River, the Red River, which is basically the Green Bay, Green Bay, Chicago, of, of
0: but but much warmer and and a lot yes. more offense.
1: Yes, and a lot less defense.
0: Well, I'm running out of ideas, Shepard. What else you want to talk about? <laughs> uh, what else has happened? The, oh, uh,
1: somebody else got a new quarterback. Tom Brady has left the New England Patriots. Oh, yeah.
0: The <laughs> dynasty is over, baby. Anybody can win. If, they win. if the Patriots win the Super Bowl again.
1: It's bell, it's, it's, uh, Tom Brady can, uh, should be stripped of his title as the greatest quarterback of all time. I think that should go back to Peyton Manning. And uh, Bill Belichick should be crowned the greatest head coach in any sport of all time. Yeah. Especially uh, especially because their plan is to start the season with Jared Stidham. Who? Uh, I literally exactly, ex- don't exactly. know who that
0: is.
1: Exactly. He was the backup quarterback this entire season. Nobody knows who that is. Um, if, he, if the Patriots somehow win the Super Bowl, Bill Belichick is the greatest uh, mind in sports history.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's a fair argument. I, I, so. I, I'm, I I'm I'm trying to talk to you and I, I I keep glancing over to this Bulls game from the '90s and it's just, it's just it's it's like it's a time war, man. Like this game happened 24 years ago, and it's it's I mean the United Center still open, it's still the same building, it still kind of looks it looks familiar, but it doesn't.
1: Yeah, because there there's probably been renovations.
0: I don't know how much they've – I mean, you know, when you build something in the mid-90s, I, I'm, I'm sure it's required some work here and there, but it's not like they had to totally overhaul the in, interior of it like Soldier Field. Yeah. It's more – I guess just like watching and just like seeing the names. Like obviously all the Bulls guys, I mean, on the court now they've got Pippen, Harper, Kerr, Luke Longley, and Rodman. But it's like the guys playing for the Heat. Like Tim Hardaway's out here and his kid is in college is, or, or in the NBA? No. Tim Hardaway Jr. is uh, a Nick, I believe. That's right. He okay. His his kid is in the league. Alonzo Morning's playing in the game. Who's mainly just a meme now. Pat Riley's coaching, and he's got an executive position. It's just it's Steve Kerr's playing. He's a coach now. It's just, it's so bizarre seeing. It it doesn't feel like it was that long ago, but it definitely was a good while ago. All right. Well, Shepard, I think uh, I think it's time to. S- bring this one in for a landing because I'm running out of ideas to come up with off the top of my head. And uh, we'll, we'll put the suggestion out here for, for anybody that's listening to this podcast. First off, thank you very much for listening to our insane ramblings for the last 30 to 40 minutes, however long it was. Uh, we yes, appreciate thank you. that. And uh, hopefully we gave you some entertainment or some sort of break from everything else going on in the world. And we're going to try and keep doing this. So we ask if you have any questions or uh, questions, comments, things you want us to talk about, things you want us to rank, what, whatever you want. We, we will gladly hand over the production element of the show to the people who listen to it. You can tweet us. You can message us. You can comment on at secondcityhockey.com if you are signed up to comment at our website. You can email us at secondcityhockey at gmail.com. Whatever works for you. Feel free to reach out and let us know because otherwise, uh, Shepard and I, maybe we'll just do a, a live watch during one of the Blackhawks 2010 games that they're going to air, and we'll just sit and talk about how great the Blackhawks were in 2010. And, that and I'll just like, uh,
1: let's I'm, do that. I, totally even important. if we do, even if we do do mailbags the rest of the way, let's do that because I, I just yeah, want I just, I, just I, I, I want to rant about Marian Hossa for a period and about how. Much oh I my percent. God!
0: There was like there was a play. I I don't. Know, it might have been Steve Sullivan. I I tweeted this. I forgot Steve Sullivan played for Nashville in that series against the Hawks. Steve Sullivan was one of my first favorite Hawks. Him and Daze. Him and Daze and Michael Nylander were a scoring line for like a couple months at one point, And they were awesome. And the one good season the Hawks had between the mid nineties and the two, late 2000s. And I love Steve Sullivan. So it's weird to see him on the other team, but there was a play where I think Sullivan had the puck and Hosa was about 20 to 30 feet behind him. And it looked like three strides. Hosa caught up to him, stole the puck and took off the other way. And it was just I, just mind-blowing watching, I you couldn't quite say primary in Hosa, but pretty damn close to it. And I think it just serves as another reminder. I think you almost forget how good he was because he played for so long. And, you know, by the end of his career, he wasn't, you know, obviously father time caught up to him. But, God damn, when he was in his prime and, and still near it those first few years in Chicago, whew. So yeah, maybe maybe that's what we'll do. We'll just watch a game and talk about how great Marinosa was. And I can. I think
1: that's a, I think that's a plan.
0: Yeah, I think yeah we'll we'll do that one night next week for sure. Because like I said, we're gonna have plenty of time for content. I think we can wrap this up, Shepard. Any final thoughts? Uh, please be safe
1: out there and uh, social distancing. And uh, unfortunately, right now, if you're our age, uh, don't hug your parents. Yeah.
0: Yeah, call, give your parents a call if if you have the ability to do so. Yeah, call, call talk call to your talk to
1: your parents. Call your parents. Don't touch your parents.
0: Yeah, if your grand, if your grandparents are still with us, give them a call too. Uh, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Kind of wrote this at uh, our our message from earlier in the week, but feels like we're kind of we should all be on the same team with this, so we can all get through this together. It's not going to be yeah. easy, but it feels like it's doable. So if we just we all got to help each other out. Call each other. Talk to each other. Talk to each other. Whatever you got to do. Uh, reach out to as many people as you can. Hopefully, we have some good news in the upcoming weeks and months, and we can get back to uh, get back to some normal life and get back to get back to sports a little bit. I think that'll do it from here for Shepard. I'm Dave. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Reach out to us on all the social medias and give us a good rating on iTunes if you're interested. And then, please, for the love of God, wash your hands. So long.